Hi, I'm Bill McMurdo and this is Kingdom Wealth Podcast. I want to look today at Deuteronomy chapter 8. I've been really blessed by revelation on this particular chapter, this wonderful passage of scripture. So I'm going to start a series here on Deuteronomy chapter 8. Now in verse 18 we have that very famous verse, you shall remember, Yahweh your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. But uh, but the whole chapter speaks of, uh, and leads up to that really, uh, speaks of how we should live our lives in the abundant provision of God. So we'll begin from verse 1, we're going to read into verse 18. Um, but really looking at the verses, the other verses in this chapter. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live. Friends, if you're not experiencing the abundant provision of God, you're not living, you're existing. You're living a substandard life. Jesus said, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. God wants you to walk in abundant life, in abundant provision. You really need to break off all poverty thinking. You really need to break off all thoughts and notions that God wants you poor. Uh, We're going to look at this in this chapter because there is an experience that you may go through of lack and shortage. But the purpose of it is to teach you that God wants you to walk in abundance. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's lessons to be learned and those are painful lessons, I want to learn those lessons as quickly as possible. So we're going to look at this. But it says here that, and God's shown his purpose here. He's giving us commandments, which I command you this day shall you observe to do, that you may live. In other words, if you're following God's leading, If you're obeying God, if you're somebody who fellowships with God and wants to obey him, the purpose of that is that you might have abundant life. And then it says, watch this, and multiply. God wants to multiply you. We need to understand the purpose of God is multiplication. God is a multiplying God. And he said it to Abraham back in Genesis chapter 17. Now watch this. This is a whole different or a whole other uh, message that I I would love to preach to you. But I just want to touch on it right now because we don't really have time to to make this, if you like, the message. It's just really to refer back to it here from this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8. But it's Genesis chapter 17 and God is continuing to covenant with Abraham. The process of the covenant that God made with Abraham, it says when Abram, and at this stage he's Abram, not Abraham, was 90 years old and nine, Genesis 17 verse 1, the Lord, or Yahweh, appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Now I remember a preacher uh, saying this, uh, I've always remembered it, um, that what God was saying to Abram here was, um, be metamorphosized into me. In other words, be like me, be perfect, okay? As he is, as Yahweh is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. You know, that process 
of God's man becoming God-like has never changed. Going back to Genesis chapter 1. You know, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them have dominion. So then it says, and I will make my covenant, verse 2 of Genesis 17, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. God said to Abram, and then he changed his name a few verses later, to Abraham, to reflect that Abram was to be like God. God is a multiplying God. He told Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations. You're not just going to have one son. You're going to have uncountable seed. God wants to multiply you. Back to Deuteronomy verse 8. It says here, verse 1, he wants us to have life, to, to live, to have a, a, a wonderful life, and to multiply us. And then it says, and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear, or which Yahweh swear unto your fathers. God wants you to have abundant life. He wants to multiply you. And that means multiply everything about you. That is everything good. He wants to multiply you. We need to understand that if you're a Christian, you're a believer, you're a man or woman of God, that God wants to multiply you. That's what discipleship is. That's what uh, you need to be fruitful in that you replicate yourself, you reproduce yourself in others. So as you're leading people to the Lord, and we don't have time to look at it, but go and look at Isaiah chapter 16, you'll see that your sons and daughters will come, they'll bring silver and gold. In other words, everything is multiplication. God wants to multiply you. Just say you're a pastor and you only have a handful of folks. God wants to multiply you, you know, a thousand times. It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 1. So I believe every pastor should have a vision of having at least a thousand people in their assembly. And then once you've got a thousand, you can multiply that. See, multiplication and exponential multiplication is what God's all about. He is a multiplying God. And he he wants a family of sons and daughters, of children, children of God. And that's the whole purpose of our evangelization, of our discipling nations. He's a multiplier. And that includes your finances. Remember Jesus says, if, I, if, you, uh, if you follow him, if you leave all to follow him, he'll, he'll give you a hundredfold. Now, you might not have need for a hundred houses, but you can believe for them. And if you, if you only want to live in one, you can give 99 houses to other people. See, she, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. He's just making an example there of multiplication. And you can have multiplied blessings, and you're supposed to you're supposed to live in that dimension, in that paradigm, where the blessings of God are multiplied in your life, and to possess the land. In other words, what he's saying here is, possess that which is allotted to you, uh, or you could say, fulfill your destiny. And here's the thing, okay, is that your experience is not your portion. Not necessarily your portion. And what I mean by that is, is very simple. You may be going through a time of lack. You may be going through a time of where you've been attacked. You may be going through lean times, hard times, whatever. That's not your portion. It may be your experience. And, and we're going to see this. And, and in fact, let's just look at verse 2. Thou shalt remember 
all the way. Now he's talking to the children of Israel in the wilderness. Remember, they they had to go around the wilderness for forty years because they wouldn't go in and possess the land because they believed the reports of the ten spies rather than Joshua and Caleb. Thou shalt remember all the way which Yahweh thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness. You know, sometimes you have to go through the wilderness to learn lessons. Now, that's not to say that it's always, oh well, my wilderness living is my portion. It's not your portion. What, what, what he's saying here is you've gone through hard times. And if you're listening to this, you've been a believer any more than five minutes, you've probably gone through hard times. But there's a lesson to be learned from these hard times, from the wilderness experiences, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldst keep his commandments or no. What is he saying? He's saying that there is a process, and you have to submit to process to make you ready for the abundance that he wants to pour upon you and pour through you. Now that's shouting ground, that's good news. But we don't want to go through the wilderness. You know, we kind of we get a little bit, you know, we rebel against it, we, we, we kind of recoil. And, you know, that's, a, that's a, a, a response that's understandable. But whether you like it or not, you've probably been through wilderness experiences. And they're horrible. And no one's saying they're not. So the, the key thing is to learn some of the lessons because a lot of the stuff that we experience, just like the children of Israel, is because we don't listen to wisdom. See, let, let me just put this to you in a way that you'll understand. If you will devote your time and energy to learning wisdom from God's word, you'll avoid a lot of the stuff that you you would go through by not learning wisdom. In other words, if you allow God to teach you and the Holy Spirit to teach you and wisdom to guide you, then you won't need to learn lessons that um, the hard way will teach you. If you won't learn them through wisdom, then you'll learn them the hard way. Now, now, not every attack, not every thing you go through in terms of being avoid is avoidable. It's not all avoidable. Some stuff you just go through. But a lot of the stuff, in my own life, and I see it with other people, a lot of the things they go through that is painful, that, is, that, that are hard to take, are really self-inflicted stuff. And that's what he's saying here. God wants to bring us to a place where we're refined gold. And that means sometimes fiery trials. Some of those are avoidable, though. Now, you ought not spend your time trying to work out, oh, is this avoidable or not? You know, you're called to be an overcomer. Regardless of what's put before you, you're supposed to overcome it. But if you'll take a little bit of a back step here and understand here, there are clues and keys in here. What he's saying to you is, is that if you just humble yourself, be obedient, and learn the ways of God, some of this stuff that we're been going through, you won't have to go through. Uh, it says that he humbled thee. To humble thee, he says, you, 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 he led you forty years in the wilderness to humble you. Well, let me just say right now. Here's a key. Use this key all the time. You humble yourself. Humble thyself under the mighty hand of God. The safest place on earth, the safest place in creation, in any part of the universe, and of course we're here on earth right now, 
is to humble yourself under God's mighty hand. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honour and life. So the pathway is humility and fear God. So there's a clue right there. Rather than him having to humble you, you humble yourself. Uh, That's good teaching. So follow that counsel and avoid a whole bunch of stuff. Okay? Throw yourself under God's mercy, especially when you mess up. Uh, I've messed up in my life. But I always knew I had enough spiritual intelligence and understanding to be aware that if I threw myself under God's mighty hand in mercy and humility, uh, seeking his mercy, then I'd be safe. This is the safest place there is. So you shall remember all these things which the Lord your God led you. Forty years in the wilderness. Now they, they had 40 years in the wilderness. And he's saying, you you shall remember this. He did it to humble you and to prove you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Well, you can circumvent all the the need for learning things the hard way in wilderness living by just saying, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. I I, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Okay, I've made that point. Let's move on. And verse 3 says, And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. Now, God didn't want them to hunger. He didn't want them to live in the wilderness. He didn't want them to lack. He didn't want them to struggle. God does not want you to struggle. But, you know, it's, it's like with children. You know, if you coddle your children and you don't teach them, you know, how to fend for themselves and self-reliance, self-sufficiency, you know, in other words, to be strong and, and do things for themselves. You know, if you don't teach your child how to tie his own shoelaces, then you know when he's an adult, he's going to have to find another responsible adult or child to tie his shoelaces. That's just that's pathetic. So he humbled thee, suffered thee to hunger, and then he says, and fed thee with manna. In other words, he let them experience hunger, but it wasn't so that he could say, "Oh, hunger's uh, you're wonderful. Hunger is my portion for you." No, he wanted to show them something. And sometimes we need to understand if we're experiencing lack or debt or shortage or poverty uh, as an experience in our life. It's not our portion. God doesn't want that. But it may be a lesson to be learned to, to understand this. God is your source. That's a lesson. Now, again, you can learn that by, by revelation. You can learn that by accepting it and confessing it rather than having to go through bad times. But whether you go through bad times because it's an attack or whether you go through bad times because it's self-inflicted damage that you've done through stupidity, friends, just learn the lesson. God is your source. Look what it says. He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna. Manna was their heavenly bread. God wanted them to understand he's the source. So manna was what he gave them to show them what it says here, manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know. In other words, he, he gave them the experience of receiving provision directly from his hand, from heaven, if you like, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Now, of course, Jesus quoted that to 
the devil in the wilderness, the Satan in the wilderness. What is he saying? He's saying that you need to understand that your provision comes by revelation. Comes from God directly. How it comes, it might come through a job, it might come through people blessing you, it might come through, you know, various... It doesn't matter how it comes. But when God is your source, you understand he will meet my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Not meagerly, uh, but He abundantly. Okay? Now in, the man, now, in the wilderness, the manna, it was like a daily thing. It, you know, they couldn't eat it when it was... Um, uh, you know, more than a day old, that type of thing. He was teaching them that he's their source. But in this new covenant with Christ that we live in, then we can experience superabundance. The supply isn't just, um, you know, enough to meet our needs day by day. Okay? He will meet our needs. He'll give us our daily bread. But he'll give us way beyond that. Okay? Um, so that we have enough to give to every good work so that we can be a blessing to others, so that we, we're blessed to be a blessing. But he's saying here, the key, the key takeaway here, the thing you need to understand is, God is your source. And practically speaking, his provision comes through spiritual means, which is his word. God's word received in your inner man. God's word received in the hidden man of the heart. God's word received in your inner being, will manifest in your outer life, if you like, will manifest in your wallet, in your bank account, as provision. And we also need to understand uh, here with this, that he's talking here about hypostasis. Hypostasis is that Greek word used in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance is the word, the Greek word hypostasis, and it means that which stands under things. In other words, the spiritual reality, the heavenly materiality. God's word has heavenly essence in it, has the ability in it to produce in your life, here in this uh, physical dimension, the thing that you're speaking, believing for, and received into your hidden man. So if you need healing, you take God's words on healing, and it manifests, those words manifest as healing in your body. If you need financial supply or provision, when you receive his word as supply, Philippians 4.19, Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, then the, the wealth becomes yours in manifest form because you've received the hypostasis of that word. In other words, the substance of God's word has come into you and you incubate it, you're pregnant with it, and then you give birth or you give manifestation to whatever that word says. Okay, Jesus, sorry, Mary received uh, Jesus, the word, by faith. She, she, you know, be, un, be unto your, your handmaid. She received the word of God, Jesus himself, and he manifested you know, nine months later, as uh, Jesus, the Son of Man. The Word became flesh. 
Now, the word will become flesh in your life. The word will become money in your life. The word will become healing in your life. The word will become prosperity in your life. The word will become deliverance. The word will become, sorry, the word will become salvation. When you say, Jesus is Lord, I receive him as Lord and Savior, then that's what happens. That's what manifests. You become a Christian. You are regenerated. So God's word, we live by it. He is our source of supply. He is our infinite source of supply. Yahweh is your infinite source of supply. And so therefore, the more you ingest his word, man won't live by bread alone. In other words, uh, natural bread, you need it to live. But you really need God's word to prosper super abundantly, to live that abundant life that we spoke about, to multiply and, and just keep growing exponentially in every realm of life, the good things, and to win and possess the land, or in other words, to fulfill your destiny. Now, if you receive fear word from Satan, if you receive negative words, then they'll multiply in your life. And your life will, and, and a lot of people, that's how they live. They live substandard lives because they receive an abundance of negativity from, from their words and other people's words. And so they have a substandard life. They don't multiply and they don't possess the land. So to possess the land, you have to live by the word of God. That out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. So there's uh, our first lesson for today. You live by revelation, not by what you do. What you do, how you function, the things that you do, must be saturated with God's word. It's because provision comes by the word. Provision comes by revelation, not just by the sweat of your brow or the work of your hands or the striving of the flesh. You know, or, or, or you know, I need to get my hands on some bread. Well, we all need to eat. But the way to make sure that you have a life where you're always eating super abundantly. And we'll look at this as we go on. Deuteronomy chapter 8 is where we're going to be in this series. What a wonderful 20 verses. I would suggest that you read them often. Speak them out loud and make affirmations, word-based affirmations scriptural, spiritual affirmations based on these verses. And of course, we're going to get to verse 18, the power to get wealth and what it means. But we begin here in these first three verses and understanding God's purpose for us. And sometimes we have to go through that wilderness. In other words, we, we learn the hard way if we will not receive revelation and wisdom because God's word is full of it. Let's going to be, I'm going to be frank here. I'm going to close but I need to be frank. You know, if you're going to be used of God in any way, you're going to get through stuff. You know, someone that tells you, oh, life's all clover and, you know, ripe cherries falling off a tree, they're, they're, they're selling you, uh, you know, that's not reality. Jesus had to get in the wilderness. Jesus had to endure the contradiction. Uh, you know, and, and let me let me just say this to you. Did it, did, who did Jesus encounter that was on his level spiritually? He was the only sinless one that ever lived. And, you know, so he's bumping up, up against people. Many of them are full of sin and not the kind of sin that we're maybe thinking about, which is, you know, uh, depravity and so on. He's, he's bumping up against 
religious freaks, people who whose sin was self-righteousness and and uh, you know being accusers of the brethren. So we, we have to be aware that you're going to go through stuff. Jesus endured the contradiction of sinners. He endured a world where it, it wasn't in tune with God's kingdom completely. And in a lot of cases, hardly at all. So you're going to go through stuff. But make sure the stuff you go through is not wilderness because you had to go there and learn the lesson. Jesus went into the wilderness to overcome the devil, to give us an example to follow. Um, you know, but a lot of us are end up in the wilderness because we're being disobedient, because we're being spiritually dense and dull. Don't do that. Okay, understand that God's word is given to us as a handbook for wise living, prosperous living, superabundant supply to be a blessing to others. God's word is a covenant word. He teaches us the Abrahamic covenant. He teaches us the, the old covenant, the new covenant. It's a covenant book. It's, it's a covenant document. And if we will study the covenant by studying the document and speaking it and releasing its power in our lives, then there's a lot of stuff we can avoid. God wants to bless you, but if he has to bless you by teaching you uh, lessons because, you know, you just won't humble yourself and be obedient and so on. Well, I've made that point and I'm going to leave it there. We're going to come back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. It's a wonderful chapter. It teaches us so much about life and living and abundant provision. And God wants you to experience his abundance and walk in it and function in it and be a blessing to others. So till next time, the Lord bless you real good. And we'll come back to this wonderful subject matter in our next Deuteronomy chapter 8 lesson. The Lord bless you.